0: Following is a recording of a sermon given at All Saints Lutheran Church in Ottawa, Canada. For additional messages and more information, visit allsaintslutheran.ca. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Allen of All Saints Lutheran Church in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and we are taking a few moments to reflect upon Jesus' resurrection. When Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, a couple of days ago, we looked at his suffering and death on what has become known as Good Friday, and and some cultures call it Black Friday. And we did that a couple of days ago. You can check out that video after you finish watching this one, or you could pause this and go back to that one, and then come come here. So anyway, I'll leave that up to you. But we're going to take a few moments to reflect upon. Uh, Jesus resurrection and what it means for us, especially during this time of the, of COVID-19, the coronavirus. And, um, this is coming again from my home to your home as we are all seeking to cope during this very difficult time. And, uh, I believe that what Jesus did for us by rising from the dead and how we can connect with that can and will make all the difference in our lives and the difference that we can make in other people's lives at this time. When it comes to commemorating events in the Bible, I'm, I'm in a little bit of two minds. On one hand, as a Bible teacher, I like taking people back into the events and try to help them experience them in in real time, so to speak. Often what happens uh, we read the Bible from our vantage point, and it's very easy for us to criticize what some of the Bible characters went through, but we know the we know what happens after. We're looking from our current day back. So for example, the people of Israel and their struggles in the wilderness when they were delivered from, from Egypt and were commemorating Passover at the same time of the year and it's and it's no coincidence. It's it's no coincidence that um, we remember Jesus' death and resurrection at Passover time because that's when it actually happened. Jesus is our greater Passover, he's the Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. But uh, so the people of Israel were rescued from Egypt and they had quite a hard time during their years of, of going through the wilderness, and they faced many hardships and struggles and, and difficulties and fears and sometimes my experience has been people will criticize them but they don't think of themselves we we don't put ourselves into their sandals so to speak and think of what it must have been like for them to go through what they went through at that time without knowing the end of the story at at that at the point of when they're experiencing it and uh, so i think that's an important thing to do so for example uh the saturday in between good friday and and resurrection day uh the sunday the first day of the week when jesus rose from the dead i think it's a good exercise to think of what must have been like for the the followers of jesus to to be in that in between time of not knowing what was going to happen or thinking that the the romans or the religious leaders were going to be after them next and and what that must have been like for them i think that's a good exercise to go through. On the other hand, we are not in that day. We are not in the in-between his death and his resurrection. We're not like the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness prior to entering into the promised land. We are in another sense. We're going to look at that as we go along here, uh, because there's some parallels for us to, to learn from, be challenged by, But we're not the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness. We're not uh, the disciples in between Good Friday and Resurrection Day. We are the people that are living now. It's 2020 in our situation. but, But in terms of relating to the stories of the Bible, we need to remember that we live in the day after Messiah has come, after he's died for our sins, after he's risen from the dead, after the Holy Spirit has been poured out. So we are part of that group. We're not a part of some of those earlier groups. And so there are things for us to know and experience and to live according to that the earlier people, uh, they lived in a different time, and and it's just a whole different set of, of circumstances. And the the way they were to relate to God, the way that God was relating to them, how they were equipped or not equipped to live life uh, was different than how it is for us today. And so while it's good to commemorate the event of the resurrection, remember when that happened, they still didn't understand what was going on. It would take them uh, days and days of even being with the, the risen Jesus. Um, but then it it wasn't until after the Holy Spirit was poured out that they were in, endowed with boldness and, and given the courage and even the words to know what to say and how to say it in their day. And we're living in that day. We're living the day after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But there's so much for us to learn from what Jesus did by rising from the dead. And it's, in many ways, it's like the the fuel of of the fire that is to burn in our hearts. Uh, Last week, uh, last week's regular message was part of the series that I've been doing on the Gospel of Mark that I've been calling The Remarkable Gospel. Today, uh, we're not, uh, this is not part of that series in Mark, but it still is connected because what I'm sharing or going to try to share with you is actually the basis of last week's message that I called Unchained, where we saw how the word of God is not restrained. Uh, even though we are in isolation, the power of God can still be working in us and through us to do great things. Um, and so the, the reality of the, of the freedom of what God wants to do through us is found rooted in Jesus rising from the dead. If you haven't listened to last week's message, you might want to do that. Um, it works really well listening to it after this one. And so, so stick with me. Uh, what we're going to do now is, uh, read the scripture. Uh, one of the accounts of the resurrection. This one is the Gospel of John. I'm going to be reading uh, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, and then I'll pray, and then we'll get into the, uh, the heart of the message. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran, and she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. You can think of what it must have been like for them, but remember, we're living in our day Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he sought and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus, but didn't, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener. She said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you la- have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I've not ascended not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for these remark, this remarkable event that we're commemorating this morning. May the reality of what you've done through your Son really reach our hearts and fill our lives and work through our lives as a result of. Of what you've done and and the the impact and meaning and the transformation that you've brought about uh, in in the world and and for us, please help us to grasp what you've done and what it means to us today. We thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. So the resurrection of Jesus is an essential event, um, and I'm I'm sharing that because it seems for some believers. Uh, it seems that his, his death is enough. Dying on the cross, dying for our sins, which is what he did, many would think that's en- enough. But that's not what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17. The chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians is, the, is this very long treatise, we could say, on Jesus' resurrection and our resurrection that we're expecting. And he writes, if Christ, that is the Messiah, has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So Jesus dying was not sufficient for establishing our the restoration of our relationship with God. For us to become God's children fully, and to know God for, and be forgiven and to be filled with His Holy Spirit, He had to die for our sins and rise from the dead. It's the it's His rising from the dead that it shows that He really was uh, fully just, fully righteous, that He did not deserve death, and that He really was who He He is the 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 Son of God, Son of David. King Messiah. It, it's God's statement of affirmation on Jesus that he really is who he is. And it's also, it's by rising from the dead, uh, he didn't just provide the the needed payment for our sins, he also broke the power of the consequences of our sin. So what Jesus did is he broke the curse that was first pronounced on the human family when Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the garden, and God pronounced a curse upon them and upon the whole creation. And then there was this anticipation in Genesis chapter 3.15 that one day someone would come who would crush the head of the serpent, someone who would come and destroy evil and its influence and its power, this is what Jesus did when he rose from the dead. The, the pouring out of his blood, which is the blood is, is his life. The pouring out of his life for us unjustly on that Roman cross makes a way for us to be restored to God. But it's his resurrection that breaks the power of death. And that's good news. And so both his death and his resurrection are Essential. And what want to do this this morning, um, if you're watching this this morning, it's, it's morning here. Um, but, um, this, this doing things, recording them and, and all the rest, that's thank, I'm so grateful for his power because it's certainly not in me. Anyway, um, we want to look at some of the implications of uh, his dying and rising from the dead and the difference that it makes especially for us during this difficult time uh, many of us are in complete isolation um, or semi-isolation depending on 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 the kind of work that you have but it's this rough time and then we're facing the fear of of, of becoming sick and and other people who, and loved ones who might get sick, and maybe you've already lost a loved one due to COVID-19. Well, what difference does the resurrection make in such a situation that we're in? Well, it makes all the difference. So, Jesus rising from the dead is is the way God has invaded the the world in which we live in in all of its darkness, the the muck and mire, the sin, the evil of this life. Let me let me explain. So, in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, we see the building of a story. It's a building of an expectation that through the story of the people of Israel, that God was going to come and reestablish His reign on earth and break the power of the curse, which would include. Um, ridding the world of sickness and of death. And eventually they understood rightly that there would one day be a judgment whereby all the dead would be raised and some people would enter a resurrection of life and be with God forever in a renewed heaven and earth. And others would be resurrected to, to death and be, and be judged, condemned forever. And what the surprise that happened in the coming of Jesus is that the Jewish people thought, and many Jewish people still think this today, that when the Messiah would come, that would bring about the end of what's called this age, It's sometimes called this evil age, and he would usher in the expected age to come. What they didn't understand is that through the Messiah— Um, He would provide a foretaste of the age to come through his own resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and that there would be a process that would culminate in his return sometimes that we call the second coming, the Bible actually refers to it as the unveiling, when the the full reality of what Jesus has accomplished by dying for our sins and rising from the dead, that when he's eventually unveiled, then the fullness of the age to come would be experienced fully and absolutely. What we have in his resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a significant foretaste of the fullness of the age to come. And so what we have um, in knowing Jesus today, the resurrected Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, is we have been given resurrection power. So the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that's from Ephesians chapter 1, is actually at work in us now. And so what's happened is is um, we have been freed from the power of death to serve God in this evil age. So we have a real foretaste now of what's going to be coming. And so we have been entrusted with the power of God, the resurrected power of Jesus working and living in us and seeking to work through us to push back even now the curse of God wherever it might be found in in human experience today, including COVID-19. So for the believer in Jesus, we have been called onto a, a, a journey of resurrection power. We have been brought into the light even while it seems that the darkness is still so pervasive. Um, It's similar to, and I referred earlier to the people of Israel at Passover time being rescued, and then they're on their journey to the land of Egypt. Uh, sorry, Sorry, journey to the land of Israel, the promised land. And so their inheritance was as good as given to them. It was theirs, but they still had to walk through a process of getting there and acquiring it. And so in some way, not exactly, but in some way, we are living a sim, living through a similar journey now. The age to come is ours and the power of the age to come actually dwells within us. And we are on a journey to fully acquiring it when Jesus is fully unveiled at what we normally call the second coming. And so, what we have now in knowing his resurrection power is we don't have to wait around until the age to come to experience this we can we can experience it now, but there's a struggle going on in that we are still in this this dark age, but at the same time can experience the the power of of his of his resurrection and One way that we can understand this is that his victory over sin and his victory over the curse is at work in and through us now. The power of sickness and the power of death, the power of evil has all been broken because Jesus has risen from the dead. Even while we might be affected and we will be affected in all different ways by evil, by sickness, by, by, the, by death. None of this needs to control our life, our lives any longer. We are no longer oppressed or need to be oppressed by the realm of darkness. We are now free to live in the realm of light, even though Darkness appears to still be reigning. Paul writes about this in Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. He writes, He has delivered us, that is, God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so the picture Paul is painting here is that there's a domain of darkness and there's a kingdom of of his, of God's son. And we have been transferred from one, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of his son. So we are not, no longer citizens of Satan's kingdom. We are citizens of God's kingdom, even though we're living in Satan's realm. So we're living in darkness land, but we're citizens of light land. And as citizens of light land, we get to live as people of light within the realm of darkness. That means we should really glow. we, We act like ambassadors in a foreign land. We have the rights and privileges of heaven living in an earth that still seems to be overrun by darkness. And and now we've got this this heavy oppression of isolation and sickness, fear of sickness and policy because of sickness, because of COVID-19. And yet we don't have to be controlled by that. Now that doesn't mean we don't listen to our government leaders telling us to stay home and to self-isolate and, and the various things. And depending where you are in the world, it's, the policies are going to be a little different. That doesn't mean, oh, you know, we're God's kids, so we could do whatever God wants us to do, which is really a way of saying we're going to do whatever we want. Um, we should actually be leaders in in health and safety, and a good example concerning health and safety wherever we are. Um, but we don't need to be afraid we don't need to uh, put the covers over our heads, so to speak, whether we actually do that or do it metaphorically and just hunker down and wait until this thing is over. We are still free to do what God is calling us to do. And you better be sure, though, this is a time, and because of, of being in such a restrictive time, we actually have time to seek God and we should be hearing him. What is he telling us to do? whatever th- small or big thing, what is he telling us to do? And whatever it is, we are free to do it. And uh, the devil's tools, uh, his tools of oppression, the fear, the anxiety, the sense of panic, we don't need to be subject to that. And I want to speak into that just for a moment because some of us struggle with those things more than others. Some of us, uh, we have this default setting of high anxiety, we're, we're, we're highly I deal with a lot of tension and a lot of noise in our heads. And um, one of the ways to be free of that is to realize what Paul wrote in the in the two verses that I just read, that we don't have to be controlled by fear and anxiety. And the way we see that control broken is by catching what he says here. So I'm going to read it again and... And we're going to wrap up in a minute. Again, listen to Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the key to unlocking the door of oppression. That which sets us free is that we are forgiven and so we're going to find ourselves confronted by darkness and even in ourselves we will discover and maybe for some of us more than ever because of the oppressive nature of of what's going on right now we might find remnants of darkness in us raising its ugly head and then the evil one satan in hebrew means a a a hasatan in Hebrew, the Satan means the accuser. And one of his chief tools in his box is, is he's constantly going, Aha! See! Look! And, and and actually bringing it to God's attention, not just to our attention. Look at that! Look at that! Look what he did! Look what she did! And, and, and telling us, uh, It's never going to change! It's never going to change! Aha! But what we have in Jesus, through his death and his resurrection, is we've been redeemed... We have been forgiven. We have been set free. God doesn't hold our sin against us any longer. That doesn't mean we just go do whatever we want. But when we find ourselves tripped up by the remaining darkness in our lives, we can claim the fact that we are citizens of light and our passports doesn't matter if there's there's um um, remaining cultural aspects of reforming uh, former life that kind of stuck to us we look at our passports and does our pa- what are, does our passport say we are citizens of light land not dark land any longer and we could hold on to that and we can we hold on to that and we thank god that he has set us free and that we have freedom in His Son because He's conquered death, He's risen from the dead, and we are His children, and we can live as children of light. And the, the way we do that is by faith. And faith isn't this imaginary thing where, in spite of how things are, we pretend that they're better than they really are. No. Faith in God and faith in Jesus' resurrection means that even when Satan, when the devil contradicts the truth of God, we hold on to his truth, that we are forgiven. And we rely on the reality of God through what he's done by raising Jesus from the dead we live in this this kind of like contradictory tension and i don't fully know how to picture it um at times i've shared with our congregation uh, something that many people teachers preachers have shared is that we're living in this now not yet that we're in the time of darkness there's still sin and evil and death and sickness that all around us and and um that's actually the not yet part. So the now is that you know, we have the reality of the Holy Spirit in us, and we have God's treasure, and we're forgiven, and we have his power, and we live that out, and yet the fullness of that hasn't yet come. Now, but not yet. But, and that almost sounds like a, a cup filling up over time. But there's a sense in which the cup is full, that the reality of God is ours, even while it isn't fully, and there again, it almost sounds like it's, it's 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 a little bit, but not full. And and there is a sense that the there's there's a fullness that we're expecting. and You can see that I'm struggling to try to explain this, but bear with me just for a moment, and then and then we'll end and I'll, I'll pray. Um, it's almost more as if the resurrection life of Jesus is superimposed upon our life, and more than superimposed, it's not just a layer on top, but it's saturating our beings at the same time and there's this interesting integration of our former life mixing with this newness of life and 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 erratic and, and in one sense our former life is eradicated because God isn't holding our sins against us even while we still struggle with some of those things uh God sees the reality of Jesus being the the who, our identity in him and and what fa- what faith is supposed to do is in some ways, ignore the the remnants of the past life while admitting that um, we still sin. And that's important for us to be honest about the remnants of our former life, while all the time accepting that our, we have a new identity in Jesus. And that's a reality now. And the more that we accept that reality, the more real it, it will appear in our lives. They didn't say it's going to be easy. And that's one of the reasons why this is about faith. We face this tension of the struggle with the past and the reminders of the past and and, and the, re- the remnants of their effects in our lives, all the while relying on the forgiveness for- forgiveness of God and his power now. And so sometimes we just find ourselves limping through this thing, folks. But God forgives us. And if we haven't taken the time to admit our wrongs to him. If it's been a long time, like some of us, we, we have formal confession times and express that in different ways, but let's get real about our hearts. And at the same time, accept the reality of his life through the resurrection, what he's done for us. And if you've never entered into the reality of, and, and allow the reality of His resurrection power into your heart and life, today is a good day to do it. Admit that you're a sinner before God, that you've... you've um. What we normally say, that nobody's perfect. Well, that's actually a sign that we have not met God's standards. Let's admit that to Him. And then let's acknowledge and thank Him for sending His Son to die for our sins. And... F- Thank him for raising his son from the dead and ask the reality of his son to fill our hearts and lives and let, and ask him to take over. Take a moment and ask Jesus to take over your life and see what he will do as he forgives us for our sins because he died for our sins and fills us with the life of God through his resurrection power. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We hardly understand it. It's not that we understand it all, but we want to receive all that you've done for us. Come, Lord Jesus, and fill our hearts afresh today. Forgive us for our sins, the wrongs that we've done, the ways that we have not trusted in your resurrection power, and come and fill our hearts afresh and make us all that you want us uh, to be. Bring healing where it's needed. Bring restoration where it's needed. But show that your power is powerfully expressed even in these difficult times. Reveal revealed yourself to us again or for the first time. Please, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please feel free to share this with, with others. You can comment on, on this video. You can check out other videos on the allsaintslutheran.ca uh, website. Um, and feel free to send me your questions and, um, or comments. You can email me at pastor at allsaintslutheran.ca. And uh, look forward to seeing you all in person sometime soon. But for now, God bless you. Thank you for listening. For additional messages and more information, please visit us on the web at allsaintslutheran.ca.